0: We are here today with Sheree Mendenhall. Thank you so much for letting me talk to you about this. Oh, yeah, no problem. (laughs) So how long did you guys try getting pregnant before you realized that something was off?
1: I think it was about, like, six months in. We were like, wow, we really haven't gotten pregnant yet. Like, this is not working. What's going on? And We really started Mm -hmm. thinking, gosh, I hope something isn't wrong, and I hope I just get pregnant. We just looked it up online and talked to our doctor, and she was like, well, usually people... People wait twelve months mm-hmm. until they go see a doctor,
0: mm-hmm. like because i heard sh- that it takes like
1: a it's like a year.
0: Yeah, it's or normal
1: to try for a year, mm-hmm. and you could get pregnant within that year, and that would still be a normal situation. So you don't really necessarily like you're not necessarily considered in like have infertility problems mm-hmm. until after that year, basically. Okay,
0: so you guys started like at six months, you kind of saw that you guys weren't getting pregnant? Did you wait the full year, or did um, you just kind of start? We did not wait the full year, and
1: I'm really glad we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My husband really was the one who pushed us to go to the doctor sooner rather than later, because mm-hmm. I did not want to go. I was really dreading it. And I didn't think that something was necessarily wrong with me. I never thought that or had inkling that something was wrong
2: with me Mm -hmm.
1: but I also know that like going to the doctor's office can be a process to figure out what's going on and I didn't want to start that process and I just was kind of like in denial I just didn't want it to be happening yeah
0: so were you told what the cause of your fertility struggles were
1: yes I was I mean I learned it throughout a long period of time (laughs) yeah how long
0: how long did it like take them to discover what the issues were so I
1: started at one doctor and we ended up not liking this doctor so we switched doctors no. but like sorry I am just thinking about it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so we started off going to a fertility doctor okay because my insurance didn't cover it with the OB and I was already like so mad about that because mm-hmm. I was like, I just want to be the person that goes through OB, they get some clomid, makes them ovulate, they get pregnant, and they have a baby. Mm-hmm. And it's just like super simple. And that wasn't the case for us because I didn't my insurance didn't cover it with oh. OB. So I had to go straight to fertility specialist, which obviously was a blessing in disguise because mm-hmm. I had, you know, some real big issues and that needed to be mm-hmm. found out only through testing. So I went to this lady, fertility specialist, and before the appointment, our records became available online through a portal. Mm -hmm. And so we got some blood work done. We did our initial like blood work. That's what we did. And Stephen gave a sample. And, um, we only saw his results on the portal first. Mm -hmm. And he called me and he was freaking out and he was so upset. And we both were at work. We both started crying because he found out that, like, he was the problem, basically. He had Mm a problem with his sperm, and there's so many different kinds of things that can be wrong with your sperm, and he had a lot of different ones, like, there's motility, like, how good it can actually swim, the shape of the head, is it, like, morphed kind of thing, like, is the shape not right, so the DNA might not be right, like, the count, how many of it, and he had a lot of the problems, so he, like, automatically felt the burden on him. Yeah. And I was kind of there comforting him, saying, it's totally fine. It's okay. Like, at least we have an answer. Mm -hmm. I don't blame you. It's okay. And then, so we went to the doctor, and we were already kind of prepared for that. And so she went over his results, and we're like, okay, that's fine. She's like, now I want to go over your results. And I was like, okay. And she pulled up my blood work, all my hormones, and she went to the FSH. And she goes, your FSH is elevated. And I'm like thinking, I have no idea what that is. And I'm like thinking, and then I, my second thought was, okay, so whatever it is, fix it. Yeah. You know, like I'll take a shot and put it in me. <laughs> or, what do I need to do, basically? Yeah. And that wasn't the case. She said, no, your FSH is, is high, which is an indication that you have a problem with your eggs of some sort. We don't know what that problem oh. is, but it could be like, you're running out of eggs or it could be, what was the other thing? You're running, either you're running out of eggs or you have a problem with the quality of your eggs. Okay. And so she's like, you guys need to do IUI. And I just started bawling. What's IUI? IUI is interuterine insemination. Okay. It's just artificial insemination. Okay. That's what that is. But that was a big shock because that's the first time I ever learned that something was really wrong with me. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what it exactly meant. And I was so scared because, like, I didn't know what was to be held for the future. Mm -hmm. Right? Am I like super long-winded
0: or no? I love it. Full story. Yeah, full story. Full story. Full story. Okay. Okay. Give me the full story. It's a long story. (laughs) You know what? I'm putting off bedtime right now.
1: (laughs) Okay. I'm like, I hope I'm not going to talk too much or go too in details. If worse comes worse, you can just edit it out. No, no, I love it. I
0: love it. Just tell me your full story. Okay.
1: All right. So yes, that was the initial shock of me Mm -hmm. for the first time realizing that there is something wrong with me and Steven now. Yeah. And I was very upset.
2: Yeah. I I, I
1: couldn't really even understand it or comprehend it. I just was like numb. Mm
2: -hmm. It
1: was crazy. And then she took us into another room and all of a sudden this girl, I'm like still crying. This girl starts talking about, okay, we're going to do IUI. And she went into it and started telling us the (laughs) prices of everything and it was like, Three to five thousand for IUI every time you did it, and she's like, and the doctor said, Well, we'll do IUI three times, and if that doesn't work, we'll move on. And I'm just like, That's like,
0: so you're gonna drop 15 grand dollars.
1: Yes, it was was very upsetting and it was very costly, and I was like, very overwhelmed in this appointment. Mm -hmm. I got out of there and I called my friend Carmen right away, she has she had struggled for years and years and years. I, mm-hmm. I think it was like at nine or 10 years. She finally wow. had a baby. Wow. So she'd been through a lot. And so I called her right away and I just am bawling. um, Cause I didn't know who else to call. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody else that had fertility issues really, yeah. that were that extreme. And she just kind of talked me through it and helped me a ton. And she's like, you know what? If you're going to have to do IUI that many times, you might just want to, Go right to IVF kind of thing. Yeah, and she's like, I also would recommend you getting a second opinion, and you should go see my fertility doctor. And I felt good about that, so we went and saw Doctor Schur, which I love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> He's the greatest out of doctor ever. He is now retired. <laughs> oh. <I'm> really sorry.
0: <laughs> so what's sorry? What's the difference between IUI and IVF? Um,
1: IUI is where they. I think they stimulate, because I, I never did IUI. Mm-hmm. I never got there. Yeah. I think they stimulate you a little bit. Okay. And you do some hormone shots, whatever you need to do. And then they take a sample from your husband mm-hmm. and then they put it up you. So it kind of okay. bypasses a lot of things and it puts it right into the uterus. Gotcha. So if you have any kind of a problem with a swimmer, like with the sperm swimming or quantity or, you know, like, or maybe you have something... That's like, I don't know, like a hostile
0: environment.
1: <laughs> environment. It bypasses a lot of things and gives mm-hmm. it up there so you have a better chance of getting pregnant. Gotcha. Okay. IVF is where they, I had to go on birth control so they can time out my cycle. Okay. And then they gave me a big, huge calendar. It was it's the most overwhelming calendar <laughs> you will ever look at it's color-coordinated, it's easy to read, but there is so much crap on there. It tells you exactly when to take a shot, how much, and it tells you every single day how many shots you have to take, and then it switches every week or so because they're, like, they're trying to do a natural cycle of a woman's body, you know? Okay, and this is before they even
0: do IVF. This is the prep, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, the prep is, like, the hardest part
1: yeah, so they put you on birth control to control your cycle because mm-hmm. everybody's on, you go to a certain, you, you sign up for a certain cycle. Mm-hmm. So my first cycle was the, off the April 6th cycle. Okay. And so the whole, like you prep like two months before you even do it. Wow. Yeah, because you're starting birth control and then you start taking shots like a month before that gets you going and it mm-hmm. stimulates you. So you are being overstimulated so that you can have, Normally you just have, you have follicles that grow, grow every month, right? Mm-hmm. And one of those follicles turns into an egg and
2: mm-hmm. that egg
1: drops down into your fallopian tubes. That's how you get pregnant.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, what they do for IVF is they're stimulating you so you can, they can get as many follicles as they can that are mature. And then, and they do that through all the shots, medications, everything. And then... You go in for ultrasound. They check you. They see how many follicles you have that are mature. And from that knowledge, they schedule you to get surgery. So then they put you under. They go up. They retrieve those follicles. They get a sample from your husband right then and there. But, like, no pressure on your husband. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Poor guy. Seriously. (laughs) And then, so right after they retrieve them out, they take the mature ones and they fertilize them. And... The next day you wait, you have to wait till the next day. They'll tell you how many you have, like how many they got out that are mature, right? And then the next day, uh, you find out how many of them actually fertilized. So it's really upsetting the first time you do IVF. I don't know if it, I, I'm sure this doesn't happen for everyone, but this was like my biggest issue. Uh The biggest thing that I didn't expect when doing IVF is that like those eggs, man, they drop off like flies. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just gonna say it, they just sometimes do. And yeah. um maybe that's not the case for everyone, but not all of them are gonna fertilize. Yeah. And then you have to wait for them to turn into a blastocyst on day five and they have to be, they have to grow, right? Mm-hmm. They have to multiply into blastocyst for them to even consider being put into you back in your body. So they're not so, even in
0: your body at this point. No. They're just like in like a Petri dish or something. They're in a Petri dish for five days. Crazy.
1: Yeah, because oh they take goodness. it out, fertilize them. The next day you find out if they have any fertilized, and then like a few days after that, you Like when you go in for your implantation is what Mm -hmm. they call it, then they tell you how many you have. You get to decide if you're going to put in one or two, depending on you and your doctor. And then if you have extras and you can freeze the rest of them. And yeah, I mean, that's the basics of IVF.
0: Wow. And that's just like getting there basically. Yeah. (laughs) So how many tries did it take for like it to take for you? Like, how many times did you have to do this? Um, we had to do IVF three times. Okay. So, the first time
1: we did it, I was very scared, didn't know what to think about it, but I was also a little bit excited, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I was just kind of going through the motions, taking it as it is. I'm like, this is so crazy I'm doing IVF. Like,
2: mm-hmm. this
1: is tens of thousands of dollars. It's so expensive. Accept- like, this is the real deal. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm doing this. And I did it, and they didn't... I, they only had a few follicles that they were able to retrieve. And then they fertilized them, right? And Mm -hmm. the next day we found out that there was only one left. Only one fertilized. Only one made it to the blastocyst stage. And I was very upset. It was really hard because I always thought like, okay, I want a big family. This is Mm -hmm. how we're going to get there. We're going to, I I always, like, we used to fight about if we wanted four or five kids. Mm-hmm. That was, like, our fight. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Little did we know. Yeah. And so, I'm just like, okay, well, this is our plan. We're going to do IVF. We're going to get these eggs out, and we're going to freeze them, and we'll try to, you know, like, get our family that we want.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so, when I thought that there was only one, I was like, oh, my gosh, there goes my whole dream of having this big family, right? And so, they implant it in you, and you have to wait two flipping weeks until you find out if you're pregnant or not. And I mean it's not recommended to do this, but we took it now on pregnancy. Because what they what they do is on a specific day they have you come in, you do blood work, you see mm-hmm. if you have the pregnancy hormone in your blood, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go back if you do have it, and then you go back two days later and you see if it I think it's supposed to double in size of, I can't remember now. It's supposed to double or quadruple in those two days, and that's what's supposed to happen. Well, we did at-home tests, saw it wasn't pregnant, Mm -hmm. so we knew, and we then we got the blood work, and they're like, no, it didn't work. I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. And then they scheduled me an appointment to go back to see Dr. Scher. And so I went and saw him, and he just gives you the biggest hug, but he's like... So confident. It's awesome because mm-hmm. he's like, I know what we did wrong. I need to change these things. We'll, we'll change it up. Um, I'm going to add this medication in there that you can start taking and it's going to be better this time. Like I mm-hmm. know how to change it. I know how to do it better this time. And so I was like, okay, awesome. Do I get a little break when do we do it? <laughs> and he's like, oh no, like you need to do it right now. I'm sorry. I kind of skipped over the part of like what I was diagnosed with because that has a lot to do with like the intensity of this whole situation. Mm -hmm. So my diagnosis is I have DOR, diminished ovarian reserve. Okay. So they tested. It was terrible because in between that first lady doctor and Dr. Mm Schur, I was like after I saw Dr. Schur, he wanted me to go in for more tests, more tests, more tests. Mm -hmm. And so it was like. I'd do a test, I'd go in, and I'd find out, oh, my gosh, you have that problem, too. Yeah. And then I'd be so upset and cry in the parking lot and not be able to go back to work because I was, mm-hmm. like, so depressed, and then I would do it all over again. Yeah. And so he tested me for, um, so he tested me for that. So dovarian, oh, sorry, <laughs> oh, diminished ovarian reserve. Mm-hmm. So my amount of eggs was very small that I okay. had left. I wouldn't say very small, like, um, but it was quite significant. I was in the red zone.
0: Yeah. Um, So, you
1: got to just boom, 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 boom as fast as you can. So, I'm like a ticking time bomb. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have that much time. And I also was um, diagnosed with natural killer cells where you, your body, it's like an autoimmune thing. Your body will automatically attack the fetus when you get pregnant. And that causes miscarriage or problems. And so I had to do special stuff for that too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, plus Steven's problems. And then um, I also have MTHFR, which is like a deficiency in B vitamins, like folic acid, um, which can also affect you getting pregnant and the pregnancy going good. And I, luckily I didn't have a blood clotting disorder that comes with MTHFR.
0: Yeah. Well, you saved from that one, so. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, every time I went in there, something was wrong. And I had it, it was really devastating.
1: So yeah. So when I saw Dr. Sure, he was like, well, you need to do it right away. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have a lot of time. We don't know how much time you have. So you just need to do it right away. So I, I I feel like I had a month off and then I was right back in it.
2: Yeah.
1: I can't remember, but it was almost back to back. I think I skipped one cycle. All right. So my second cycle was really rough because I was like, angry at this point. I just felt like this wasn't supposed to happen. I was supposed Mm -hmm. to get eggs from the first round and be able to freeze them and not have to do a whole entire second round, right? Because if you just have frozen eggs, then you just stimulate a little bit Mm -hmm. for that situation and then they put the egg inside of you. And so it's a little bit less of a process. It's less money for Mm -hmm. one, you know? Yeah. The second one I was really really struggling because I, I I was even worse in a mental state because I was so angry and upset and I was thrown for a loop like what the heck I
2: mm-hmm. can't believe that
1: just happened and on my second time around we actually <sighs> this is crazy we started taking we took a pregnancy test like two or three days before the blood work mm-hmm. and I took a pregnancy test and it was negative and we cried and we were upset Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Also, to let you know, the second time around, I only had, I I can't remember the details. I think I had one, maybe two. Wow. That, again. like, made it or that was Yes, that made it all the way. So, once again, yeah. round two, I had no eggs to freeze. Yeah. It didn't really work again. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. But please just let this be it. Please let me get pregnant.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, I took that test. I wasn't pregnant. And I was like... You know what? I took it in the middle of the day. You're supposed to take it right in the morning to your highest potency of the pregnancy hormone. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? Tomorrow morning I'm just gonna take another one I'm just in case. Yeah. So I took another one the next morning and I was pregnant. So I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> this is such a roller coaster. This is so not fair. Yeah. But I was excited but I was cautious about it. So I'm like, why did I get a negative test, right? Mm-hmm. I was nervous. I was super, super yeah. nervous. And I mean, the next step was we, I think we only told like a handful of people. We yeah. barely told anyone um, until the blood work. We got the blood work back and it was like really low. And then the two days after that, it was, it had not doubled at all. I think it might have just like gone up like two numbers. And so, and you're supposed to be like in the hundreds, yeah. right? At this point, and it yeah. was like in the 20s or 30s. And so at that point, I, I mean, you can read every story you can online to see, like, has this happened? Mm-hmm. And, like, you can find those stories where, like, a miracle happened, right? Yeah. And so, like, where you have these numbers, they don't double or quadruple like they should, but they still got pregnant. They have a healthy baby out of it. So it's kind of like, what do I think? The doctor's office can't tell you. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're supposed to tell you, like, yeah, this probably isn't going to work out. You know? <laughs> Yeah, like... They can't tell you that because it could work out and it's not for sure. So, they're not allowed to, like, talk you through it at all. hmm And, but I knew at that point that it, those numbers weren't good. I knew, like, this isn't good. This isn't, yeah. this isn't, I don't think that this worked. These numbers are way too low. And I just, like, kind of knew. And the next, like, two weeks was so hard because <laughs> they make you go back every two days to get your blood work done. Oh. To see what your numbers are. And it's not considered a miscarriage until it goes all the way down to below five. And so I had to like just be kind of put through it over and over. Like I couldn't just like grieve this loss. Like I was pregnant and I had a miscarriage. But before I even got to those low numbers enough for them to consider a miscarriage. I miscarried because I saw it. (laughs) And I, I knew that it was. What my baby would have been. It was a fetus. And, um... Mm-hmm. And... And, like, at that point, it was, like for sure over. But I still had to go yeah. to the stinking doctor's office to keep getting my blood work checked until it was all the way down, which I... I understand that, but it sucked. Yeah. It and doesn't make it
0: any easier. No. And we
1: actually were on our way to our fundraiser. <laughs> we got picked by this foundation called pound the pavement for parenthood Mm -hmm. it's where people do a 5k and they their donations go towards the couples that they have chosen there was four of us that were chosen that year and so the the, when you sign up for it it goes towards it people can donate it's just kind of get to get your name out there and Mm -hmm. ask people for money basically which really sucked yeah (laughs) yeah it's very hard to do that um but it was a very humbling experience. So we it was in St. George, this 5K. Mm-hmm. So we were on our drive to this race that was supposed to pay for our second round. Nobody knew we even did our second round. And I got the call on the way up there that said, I'm really sorry. It is officially over. You miscarried. It didn't work. And like, like oh, my gosh, I'm supposed to go to this race that just paid for this failed IVF. Yeah. Right? So that was very hard. Mm -hmm. And, um, but that race was so uplifting to be there because there was a lot of support. Yeah. Sorry. Let me collect myself. No, you're good. You're fine. I can, so you can understand me. Um, we had a lot, I mean, like all of our family showed up first of all, and then we had extended family there and friends showed up and it was you just felt so loved and supported. I was like, I can't believe that all these people are here for like me and Steven. It just was mm-hmm. so weird. And like at one point at the end of the race, we found out that some guy came and dropped off a check for $4,000. And he said, he's somebody dropped it off. And he said, um, this man wants to donate to the cause. He heard about it and he wanted to donate and give each couple of thousand dollars anonymously. And mm-hmm. I just like bawled Cause I'm like, how sweet are these people? Like, This is so cool that they're helping me pay for this IVF. So I felt like rejuvenated from it. And I had a great weekend. We went to Zion. We came back home. We had a doctor's appointment that week. And I walked in the doctor's office and I was just like ready to go again. I'm like, okay, let's hear it. What do we do? Like, how do we fix this? What's going on? And my doctor was just really solemn i don't know what the word is his demeanor was really somber and he wasn't super cheery he gave me a hug i cried mm-hmm. and then we sat down and i'm like okay let's hear it you know like what do we need to do let's just figure this out what went wrong i want answers you know like tell me what's going on what happened and he just looked at me and he goes i'm really sorry but this just isn't really working for you and we don't know why He's like, maybe your quality of eggs wasn't as good as we thought it was. And he's like, we will try one last time. He said, I I still want to try one more time. But after that, you know, I think, you know, we gotta consider some other things. And I call that my IVF death sentence. And I knew what that meant. I knew what he was saying. I knew he was, you know, like, if this time doesn't work, I don't want you to waste your money. I think he said that. You know, like, yeah. I don't want you to be paying for something if I know it's not going to work. So, once again, I mean, I was so depressed at this point. I just couldn't yeah. even move. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't do anything. I was very upset. And I don't know if it was that night, but it was pretty soon after my sister, I went to her house and I walked in and I saw her kids that I loved so much. My little nephews and nieces, and I just hugged them. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, there really is a chance that I might not ever have kids. And that has never been something that I thought was going to happen. I just thought, okay, I'll do anything. We'll just push through it. We'll have kids somehow. And I just was so scared. And I, you know, like you can always think, you can adopt or or foster or i mean we thought about egg donation at this point we just didn't really know what our next step would do, would be and i really i really wanted to be a mom
0: yeah
1: and i really wanted those experiences too you know like i mm-hmm. couldn't wait to be pregnant and sick because yeah. I, I would just i i was excited about it mm-hmm. like to think Oh gosh, I have morning sickness. Like, <laughs> but excited about it. You know, yeah. like that's how I felt. Like, oh,
0: I have morning sickness. Because, yes.
1: Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just wanted to be that pregnant person that goes through that mm-hmm. and complains about it. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted that to be me. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to be able to nurse my kids and mm-hmm. and feed them. And um, it was really hard. And I had a lot of I. I went through a faith crisis, really, Yeah. for in the first time ever in my life. I always bl- believed in God, whether I was active or inactive, but this is the first time I questioned him, because everyone kept telling me, it's okay, like, God has a better plan for you than you think, and I just couldn't wrap my head around, no, because if I'm not a mother, then I'm not going to be happy, and how is that a better plan than what yeah. my plan is to be a mother? Like that doesn't make sense in my head. And I struggled with that, which also led me to think, well, if I don't believe that God has a better plan, what do I believe? You know, mm-hmm. like, do I even believe there is a God or do I, what, what do I even believe in? Like, what am I even doing here if I don't believe that? And it kind of spiraled into this whole big faith crisis, but I just kept pushing forward. I just kept praying that I would have faith and you know I kept going to church and I kept trying to like desperately grasp onto those things that I always believed were true but I was unsure of at that time Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and finally after a few months before I even was gonna start IVF like the actual shots part like I was already signed up I'd already been on birth control and I must have been like a month and a half or a month or two. And I finally realized, like, I can be happy in this world. Men are that they have joy. Mm hmm. Kept popping in my head. And I thought, we were made to be happy no matter what. And God does have a plan for me. And He doesn't want me to be miserable. Like, and I finally had something to like hold on to in the future. Like, mm-hmm. I can be happy. And I can, it just was like this new revelation to me, you know, that like I really can have a good life and we will figure this out and I will be happy. I won't be this sad and depressed and have anxiety and have these mental disorders as bad for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And so that really helped me and got me through it. And then I uh, we did the whole process all over again for IVF. We had no eggs the first time or second time to freeze. We did it all over again for the third time. And the day we did the implantation, it just felt different. Mm -hmm. It felt lighter in the room and I don't, I don't necessarily know why I, maybe we've been through it enough or we just were like, this is our last shot. Let's give it our all kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So they implant it. It's this whole long procedure. You're not allowed to uh, move. First of all, your bladder is super full because it, you have to drink so much water and it has to be full so that it tilts your uterus the right way.
0: Oh, that's misery in itself. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And then you're upside down, um, like leaning backwards,
0: and you have to stay still after they implant you for thirty minutes. Are you awake during this whole time? Like, do they put you under at all, or no. you're like, yeah? So you're like conscious during this. Oh yeah, like <laughs> you're you're laying in this bed. There's the
1: doctor. There's the embryologist. Mm-hmm. Embryologist. He's in there. You have like three nurses in there. And they're all just standing there looking at you doing this whole implantation. And the embryologist inserts it. You can watch it on the camera. We have it on film. And then he, so he inserts a tube. And then he pushes the eggs through. And then nobody moves. Everybody's super quiet, super still. And you wait for him to yell, all clear. And, oh, my god! And he makes sure that the tube's cleared out. The eggs for sure went in there. And you can see on, like, I have a picture of it. Mm-hmm. My uterus and the liquid that they inserted you right there where it's going to be. And so we're waiting for the 30 minutes. And it just had gone a lot better than the other previous times. Yeah. We went home. You're supposed to rest. You're supposed to be a, what they say, a couch potato. Nice. And... <laughs> Yeah, it is nice. We always get, we always got really good food. We went home and relaxed and, um, I took a nap and when I woke up from that nap, I told Steven, I go, I'm pregnant and I know it. Like I'm ready to go. Like I, I, I went in the office that was supposed to be our nursery and I was like, I want to start buying stuff like right now. Like, please let's just start doing like the nursery. I know that I'm pregnant. And it's weird for me because I was never, I, I shielded myself myself Mm -hmm. and I tried to protect myself from more hurt, which in hindsight, it doesn't protect you from anything. (laughs) It hurts just as bad, whether you get your hopes up or not. Mm -hmm. But I was always like, I'm not going to get my hopes up. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to do that. And I let myself do it. And I told him, I told my family, I told our best friends. Like, I know that it worked. I know that I'm pregnant. hmm So, we waited um, a few days before the blood work for that two-week wait. And we um, took a test. And it was pregnant. And all I could hear was Steven bawling. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bless him. Yeah. I think I was just so excited. And we just started crying because we are like, we did it. Yeah, you know, like we're pregnant. It worked, and a couple weeks later. So then, after you find out you're pregnant from the blood work, you do two blood works, and then you have to wait till you're like between like a little less than six weeks. Like, like five is the earliest they can see it on the ultrasound. Mm-hmm. I think maybe four. I don't know. It's between. It's like five or six weeks pregnant. Mm-hmm. So you have to wait like a whole month till you can yeah. like see the baby. So you're like, am I still pregnant? Am I not? Yeah. It's like so nerve wracking. Well, I had really bad ovary pain, mm-hmm. and so they wanted to check on it because it was really bad. So I called Stephen. I'm like, just meet me there. I don't know what this is. We were really scared that it was going to be an ectopic pregnancy. Yeah, it's kind of just in your the back of your head when you yeah. have pain like that. And then we went in there. The doctor did the ultrasound, and the first thing he said was, twins! <gasps>
2: and it was
1: just oh my, like, oh my gosh, like, this is my dream! come yeah. true. <laughs> this time around, the third time, we had two eggs, that's it, that made it, and they implanted both eggs, and we were able to... You I got be, two babies. Two babies, yeah. Wow. And that third time was the first time that I really changed my... The way I thought about having a family, because at this mm-hmm. point I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be a brat and say, I want four kids. Like, I'm yeah. so mad I can't get my big family. I just want one. I just want one. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't let myself even consider that it was twins.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. our, our numbers were pretty high, and we knew that there was a chance
2: mm-hmm.
1: that it was twins from the blood work. But I wouldn't let myself even go there. Yeah. And so when he said twins, I was ecstatic. I was so happy that I got two babies. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, my pregnancy went well. I had the twins at 34 weeks.
0: Okay. They were
1: in the NICU for a month, but then I got to bring them home.
0: Wow. Yeah. Month. Yeah. That's crazy. So when you were pregnant, was it like a high-risk pregnancy? Are all IVF considered high-risk? Or no. Is it? It's just normal. Yeah,
1: they really crazy. are. Isn't
0: that crazy? It's
1: like you have your every move watched. Like you have specific amounts of hormones in you. Mm-hmm. It's so weird that you go from all this being so intensely intensely watched and controlled to like just letting yourself go to any OB. Which crazy. I went to a high risk doctor. I was planning on doing it anyways because mm-hmm. I heard good things about... Um, doctor out of shack anyways but then Mm -hmm. then that I got twins I was like I'm for sure going to doctor (laughs) out of shack I think that there's a couple things that can happen that are more likely um, if you do IVF I think I think one of them is that like your cervix can open because you they like put so many things up there like to Mm -hmm. inseminate they went through the cervix and other things I think that's one of the things they have to watch for I'm not exactly sure I luckily didn't have any problems with my
0: cervix. Uh, but yeah, you can just go see a regular OB after that. That's if awesome. You want to. That's yeah. That's awesome. I just assumed it'd be high risk for some reason, like in my brain. That's I know. That's what I that's what
2: everyone thinks.
0: <laughs> so you said the twins were born at 34 weeks. Uh huh. So that was the week Stephen was supposed to start law school, right? Yeah. <laughs> like first year of law yes. school. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, we couldn't have anything out.
1: We were just doing it back-to-back, and he's applying for law school, and,
0: yeah, it was... Well, and you weren't expecting to give birth at 34 weeks, right?
1: No. I mean, I knew that I was going to have the kids. I I figured it's most likely that we're going to have them while you're in law school. Yeah. But not, like, the first
0: week of law school. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, how are you guys, like, feeling about that? Like... What happened with that? Yeah, it
1: was kind of crazy. I mean, a lot of pressure obviously was on Steven, but then a lot of pressure was on me. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I basically spent my days. I luckily had kids in the NICU without kids at home, which would be so yeah. hard. So I spent my like all my whole days there at the NICU. I really wanted them to nurse. It didn't work out, mm-hmm. but uh, I was really just, I wanted to do the kangaroo, mommy you know, yeah. skin to skin. I wanted them to feel loved. I didn't want them to sit in that isolate. Yeah. The, by like, themselves all blocks.
2: the
1: air. <laughs> Yes. Um, so yeah, I spent all my days there and then Steven would come after school at like eight or nine o'clock at night. Wow. Just see the babies for an hour wow. at the end of the day. So he didn't really get to see them for that month.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, were you able to like hold them or was it like the glove through the Thing. um
1: cosette we were able to we oh my gosh we didn't get to hold them the first night that they were born
2: mm-hmm.
1: we had to wait till the morning which was like brutal yes it was weird to like have somebody tell you no you can't hold your baby because they need to like be warm and get their rest and blah 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 it was really hard yeah I so i mean it was like better than any christmas morning i've ever had because i woke up and i was like I get to hold my own babies that I carried in my stomach, you Mm -hmm. know, for
0: And pushed out out of you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I worked so
1: hard to push them out. And I was so excited to meet my babies and to really hold them and kiss them if I want. You know, Mm -hmm. like, this is my baby. I'm going to kiss you on your lips. Like, nobody (laughs) can tell me don't kiss them. I was just like. I mean, I've loved babies since I was little. I've wanted to be a mom my whole entire life. It was like mm-hmm. anytime I saw a baby, me and my sisters were having a set time limit because we wanted to hold yeah. a baby. That's <laughs> right. Because we loved it so much. So,
0: yeah, I loved little babies. I was so excited mm-hmm. to see them. That's so cool. I yeah. love that. So, what was it like taking care of two premature babies with a husband in his first year of law school? Because the first year's intense. Yeah. Like yes. You know, we've both been through it. Yeah. All school wives. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um oh gosh. I mean, some nights you wouldn't get home till like ten, yeah. eleven o'clock at night. And I just have the babies all day. I seriously didn't remember like what it felt like to sit downstairs on the couch by myself. Mm-hmm. Because we stayed upstairs for, like, the first four months. I stayed upstairs in our bed. We had our whole setup up there, mm-hmm. and we we just lived in my bed for the first four or five months. Like, until they could start rolling off the bed or
2: yeah. start
1: rolling and being mobile, then that's when and I moved downstairs because it wasn't safe for my bed, on obviously, anymore.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: it was too hectic to, like, take one baby down with all their stuff and then take the other baby and then go upstairs and grab the other stuff. It was so hectic just to have to go back upstairs for, like, yeah. naps and yeah. stuff so yeah I just try to sleep when they slept and there you go it was exhausting I don't remember most of it <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like a blur I was yeah. so sleep deprived trying to feed those kids I mean like I had to set alarms because they were preemies yeah so I had to set alarms to wake them up to feed because they were so underweight and tiny and itty bitty mm-hmm. I and mean, my little girl came out at three pounds six ounces oh, and my so goodness. I took her home at like four pounds something and so I was like She's just this little I know, peanut. I know. I can't comprehend it. felt <laughs> so crazy. My, my sister, the first time she held Cosette, she's like, I don't feel like there's a baby here. I feel <laughs> like I'm holding just like a bundle of blankets. That you there's in nothing there. in there. <laughs> yes! She was so tiny and light. It was oh. crazy. <laughs> So uh, yeah, it was it was pretty rough, but there was yeah. good times. Luckily, with school, you can like pick your schedule. So yeah, throughout law school, sometimes you'd have like a whole morning off, and you'd hang out with us. And then there was spring break and yeah, winter
0: break, and we just kind of looked forward to those. <laughs> yeah, you do yeah, what you can. Yes. Yeah, I I cannot imagine because I had Owen like the week before or like a few weeks before finals. Yeah, I just had one baby and like you know it's the first baby you just like you said you sleep when they sleep and I was like yeah. looking back I'm like that was so easy <laughs> <laughs> you had it so easy I'm like it still was hard because it it's like it still
1: is hard having one baby because I have
0: one baby yeah. too <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but you have two babies along with your one baby yeah you, know? you just so um, yeah. it's just yeah a lot more holding a lot more crying yeah Everyone's crying. Mama's crying. Oh, we all cried. It's fine. We, I just hold them on my chest and we all just cry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so did you think that this would be your only pregnancy? Like, this was it? Yes. Or... Okay. I did. Um. I really wanted another baby.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: the crazy part was I was in the NICU and I was like, I love being a mom so much. I want another baby right now. Like, I want to get pregnant right now and have another baby. I love having, I love these kids. I love being a mom. I love having these babies around. And I just kept telling myself, well, just wait till you bring them home. It's going to change. You know, like Mm -hmm. this is just the Nikki life. But I brought them home and I still felt like that. And I, I, oh my gosh, you're still in the crazy infertility mode.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It
1: never quite leaves you because I would, once I had the twins, right? Within like the first year, I think I took like eight pregnancy tests. Wow. Because your hormones are all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. And I think mine were extra all over the place because of IVF, and I was so like hormonally out of whack and mentally not okay and stuff. But any little sign of pregnancy, I would take a test because I was mm-hmm. so not obsessed with it. I just like I don't I don't know how to explain it right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I took a lot of pregnancy tests. I I really hoped that I was going to get pregnant, and I didn't in that first year. They say that like I I had heard I don't know if this is true but like within the first year after you have your kids you're it's most likely you're like hyper fertile
2: I don't like that. Yeah. I don't know
1: <laughs> I think it was just more like your body's in the rhythm of it so it's easier to okay. get pregnant after I'm not really sure and I heard it and I'm not sure how true it is so after that first year I was like wow I really I didn't get pregnant that kind of stinks whatever yeah I still want another baby but I was really just enjoying having my two twins and just yeah. really trying to live in the present be happy
0: and um uh, yeah (laughs) awesome um so you said you wanted another baby did you like consider adoption or surrogacy or like you said fostering anything like that for another baby or yeah I had considered adoption I felt like I for sure wanted another one Mm -hmm. and I felt
1: like you know what God you gave me these twins and I prayed so hard for a miracle and you gave me this miracle like I know what it's like to carry my own babies and nurse them and I would be happy with that and I want to like give back and I want to like foster kids and help them in that way or adopt a kid
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so I definitely was open to that but I never really felt quite right about it yeah um because I really looked into it and I, I just didn't feel like it was maybe like the right time or
0: something mm-hmm. and so we never like proceeded with any of that okay yeah okay So you said that you were trying for that first year to just kind of try and get pregnant naturally. We weren't trying. You were. We just hoping.
1: (laughs) We weren't using protection. Okay. (laughs) I was hoping. I think Steve was on a different page. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he was hoping at all, and I don't necessarily. I don't know. I was just so excited to think, "Oh, I could get pregnant again. This is so cool!" But I didn't think it was going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. You hear it happening a lot. To people, like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. you kind of just, like, jump started your your system. Yeah. Your body knows what to do, get in the rhythm of it, and now it can get pregnant. And you hear of a lot of people that do IVF or adopt, and then they can get pregnant on their own after that yeah. and have their kids.
2: Yeah.
1: But you can't put your hope in that because that doesn't happen for everyone. So it's not something that I could, like, hold on to and have hope for uh, enough to, and I just was like, that's not going to happen to us. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty just content with my kids even though I was like oh man I really want another baby. I for sure would have another one.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: You said that you have three kids now though. So what happened with the other
1: one? (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. Well we were going through fertility problems every year like we started trying in January. The first year we started trying Mm -hmm. and we were like so excited because we're like we're probably going to be pregnant for our beach trip. Like (laughs) The beach trip of the year. We go to Newport for a whole week. We stay on the sand with uh, all my in-laws. Everybody goes. Mm -hmm. We get a beach house. And it's, like, so fun to go. And we always wanted to be pregnant. And then year after year after year went by. And we never were pregnant until after IVF. I Mm -hmm. went there. Pregnant with the twins. and um, Because that
0: was, like, two months before they were born, right? Or something like that?
1: Yeah. Okay they were born august 24th and we went earlier that year like june or july it was still safe enough yeah yeah for sure yeah so yeah i finally got to go pregnant there and so the twins were one years old Mm -hmm. and we went to the beach trip i knew i was gonna like be on my period for a part of the beach trip, but I couldn't really... Uh, I thought I was supposed to start at the end of the week of the beach trip, and I decided to check my calendar while I was there at the beach. And I was, like, looking at it at midnight before I went to bed. we all exhausted. Steven's <laughs> asleep. Twins are asleep in the room. I checked my calendar, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm, like, two weeks late. <laughs> and I was like, I really just messed it up in my head of, like, when I was supposed to get, mm-hmm. get my period. And... I wake up Steven, I'm like, Steven, I'm two weeks late. He goes, Okay. (laughs) He's like, You should probably just try not to think about it so you can go to bed. And I'm like, Oh my God. I
0: can't go to bed now. (laughs) Yes. But I, yeah,
1: it was terrible because I'm like, Uh, This isn't real. But I've never been late. I'm super on time. Yeah. Super regular. And I'm like, oh, this is nuts. So the next day, the whole family we do a bike ride slash rollerblade ride. I'm rollerblading. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go check out some stores. I dip out and I go, we we rollerblade all the way to Balboa. I'm like hustling because I found out there's a pharmacy there.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
1: this tiny little dinky pharmacy, <laughs> Balboa pharmacy, and I go and get a pregnancy test. And we rollerblade all the way home. And I'm, like, booking it because I'm, like, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I just mm-hmm. – I have to know if I'm pregnant or not. Like, I've never been late. And so I go upstairs, and Steven's downstairs with the kids outside on the back porch patio. And I take the test. It pops up right away with a line.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was, like, there's no way. There is no way. So I out onto the balcony, and I was, like, Steven steven and he looks up and he goes what what is it and i go and i lipped it i'm pregnant because all this family's out there too yeah he's just looking at me and i look and i'm like he's like what do we do and i'm like get up here now <laughs> i was like go to the store right now and go get me another test because i don't believe this i i just i can't let myself believe it and maybe it was like an old one from this old dinky pharmacy <laughs> so he goes to the store he gets a bunch of digital ones which are awesome i pee on it it pops up almost immediately and it says Yes, pregnant. Like we sat there and watched it, like as the little squares kept lighting up. You have to wait mm-hmm. till all four squares light up. Yep. And it says, yes, pregnant. And we just were like ecstatic. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. I got pregnant. This is crazy. Yeah. Uh we went down to the water. All of us were going to the down to the water at that point. And we called everyone over and we were like, You guys were pregnant. <laughs> I called my family. We're Aww. pregnant. This is crazy. Unfortunately, it was hit like with the reality of oh my gosh, I haven't been doing any of the regimen for my natural killer cells. Yeah, which attack the baby. Mm-hmm. I so I, the next day after that, I was kind of hit hard. So I called my fertility doctor and I'm like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. like, we need to get you uh, your IVs ASAP.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so I did blood work there in Newport to check my levels, and then I did it again when I got home. They didn't quite double, and so I was really nervous at that point, because I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't go through this, like, mm-hmm. if I have a miscarriage, this is going to be terrible, and I started the IVs right away, and, um, everything was fine, like, I, and I made it to my first appointment to get my ultrasound to check out everything, and I had a healthy pregnancy, <laughs> and so... Yeah, I mean it. it kind of stinks, because part of my fertility problems, I have to do IVs, mm-hmm. and they're expensive, and you have to go to the facility, and I have to do it for the first six months of my pregnancy, every mm. two weeks. Oh my gosh. So every other week, I have to go to to get these IVs done for the mm-hmm. first six months. But it's all worth it.
0: Yeah. Totally. So yeah, cute so keep, keep little Harvey out of it. Yeah, my cute little baby. <laughs> He's so sweet. Um, so what advice do you have for couples who are struggling with infertility? I don't
1: necessarily regret this, but if I ever did IVF or anything, I'm not saying I ever
0: would. My husband's like, no, way we're ever going down that road again. Yeah. We've been there, done that. <laughs> yes,
1: like we're not going at that ever again. If I had to do it, like do it again, then I would be more open okay. um with other people. Oh, okay. Because I was so closed off. I was petrified of somebody, like, asking me how it was going. And it was going to be, like, i just gotten bad news. And I was just going to, like, cry in front of them. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: that scared the heck out of me. I didn't want people, like, bugging me. I thought they would be bugging me, you know. Like, but the reality is, is that as soon as I opened up, so right before that third round, when mm-hmm. I was, like, I need... Like any chance that I can to make this work because Mm -hmm. this is my last chance to get pregnant. So I posted on Facebook and I opened up about our fertility struggles that nobody had any idea about. Mm -hmm. And I had so many people rooting for us and praying for us. And one of the comments was so sweet because she said, look at all these people who are cheering for you. Mm -hmm. You have an army behind you. To get you through this third round. And it meant so much that these people, like, all of a sudden, all these people were so invested Mm in my fertility, you know, like, in getting me these babies, right? Mm -hmm. And it felt good to Mm -hmm. have people behind me. And it felt good that even if things went wrong, they would be there for me and help me you know like if it didn't work or if I miscarried then I would have that love and support and mm-hmm. I wouldn't feel so alone and it was like I was walking around with this huge burden that nobody had any idea of, her because I got so good at faking it
2: mm-hmm.
1: I mean and, and even faking it I was petrified that somebody was gonna ask me hey how's it going like the most normal phrase yeah of Hey, how's it going? I was so scared for somebody to even ask me that um, because I knew I was just going to, like, break down crying because I'm like, I am not okay. Yeah. I'm depressed. i days I can't get out of bed. This is not okay. I might not ever be a mom. Like, yeah. That's being – it sounds dramatic, but that's where I was, you know? Mm, totally. And so – Realizing now, after I opened up about all of that, I I changed my whole thinking around that. Also, when I got pregnant with Harvey, I like my first initial reaction was to shield ourselves and protect ourselves
2: mm-hmm. from
1: getting our hopes up and to just like try not to think about it. Maybe it won't work, you know. But I just was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that this time. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to put the effort into that. I'm going to embrace it this time. I'm just going to get my hopes up. I'm going to let it happen because if I lose this baby, if I even if I shield myself or I let myself be happy, I'm going to be the same amount. I'll be just as sad no matter how I handled it, right? Mm-hmm. The outcome is going to be just as hard. And so after realizing that, um, that was a much better way to go. It was a lot less of a burden Mm -hmm. doing that. So that's my advice to people is to just like tell people about it. Like Mm -hmm. talk to your family. You can tell your good friends about it and have those, let those people help you so that you're not alone in carrying that burden, you know, and try to find somebody that's gone through the fertility problems that you can like talk to. So you realize, You're not alone in this and people have had these terrible feelings and these, this whole big, huge trial, Mm -hmm. you know, like other people have gone through it and here's how we can
0: help and bring you maybe just a little bit of comfort kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming (laughs) and sharing your story with me. I've heard like bits and pieces of it just like kind of through the grapevine, but yeah. Never in depth like that and it's beautiful. So thank you so much for yeah, no, thank over you for and, asking.
2: Yeah, thank of you. course. <laughs>